Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Piller getting back to our tiered rankings by potential of the Ottawa Senators depth chart and it's the final one, the right wingers. I'll ask Brandon how that stacks up compared to the other positions in the organization and we'll get into a whole lot more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Saturday, July 25th. Pilsy, we're one day away from the NHLers reporting to their bubble. I'm just so glad sports is back. It's crazy that uh, baseball, basketball, hockey, that's all coming back. Like, I don't even remember what life was like when you had multiple sports going on uh, at the same time. So this is just a thrill and can't wait to get immersed in NHL play-in hockey. Yeah, we're still a week away from the opening of the play-in series, but there'll be lots of intrigue surrounding lineup decisions, maybe some absentees of the exhibition season. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in the upcoming week, each team will get one exhibition game just to get the wheels going, get some competition against somebody wearing a different logo. I know lots of teams have been scrimmaging, but that just isn't enough to get the playoff juices flowing. So it'll be fun to see with the, I mean, there's so many storylines and we're going to cover them because the Locked On Senators podcast will be your home for all play-in, playoff coverage with a special Senators twist. Of course, we'll be following it from the Sens colored glasses that we wear, whether we like to or not. And with that, Pilsy, Sunday morning at Sens Central on Twitter, we will unveil our hashtag Sens Abroad, where we'll be keeping tabs on each and every former Senator that is in the playoffs, or I should say play in. Pilsy, I'm just going to put you on the spot here. We asked Brandon Plan in our Sense Central Citizen, but we want to ask you too, and we're going to ask a very special guest we'll have on the show Monday and Wednesday, which former senator has the best chance of lifting the Stanley Cup this season? That is a tough question. Um, you know what? We're going to get into more depth about this later on, so I'll have a more informed answer. But off the top of my head, I'm looking at the Vegas Golden Knights. Mark Stone, Robin Leonard, um, they've been so close. Uh, we, we all remember their first season getting all the way to the cup finals and then that brutal, controversial call against the Sharks in the playoffs that ended their se- uh, season last time. So I think they've got all the tools to do it. Uh, they've shored up their decor. They've got new Leonard. Coach, though. New coach, but man, he, he DeBoer's coming in with some fire. I got a lot of respect for what he did to go – to being the coach of that controversial uh, call in the San Jose Sharks in the playoffs, then to coaching your enemies uh, is pretty incredible. And I think he's going to light a fire up uh, uh, under those guys, and they're going to be going hard for that cup this year. Before we get to our sense tier rankings, I'm sure you already know how we do it. We have the five categories, AHL depth, NHL depth, top nine, top six, and the elite, the illustrious elite category i wanted a couple uh, notes from around the sends abroad before they report to camps kind of funny that two pairs of sends former teammates are finding themselves on a line together kyle turris was on a line with uh mikhail grad granlin and matt duchene in nashville funny i mentioned they weren't actually teammates they were traded for one another but both former senators and then on the island jg pajot and Derek Broussard reunited on what looks to be like the checking line for them. So a couple fun notes there, although all four of those guys played center in Ottawa. 
Yeah, the, there's a bunch of teams. Uh, another team, they don't play on the same line, obviously, but the Maple Leafs, you got Spezza and CC. There's a bunch of teams doubling up on Sens Abroad guys, but Ross and shout out uh, to all of Twitter. If we can get a graphic design person, we're talking a lot about jersey designs these days. How about a Sens Abroad uh, jersey scoring design? Scoring leaders. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do scoring leaders, but if we could get a jersey concept for the Sens Abroad team for this uh, Corona Cup, play in and playoffs that'd be just great so maybe someone will help us out on twitter with that yeah because there's also the um i remember when somebody showed i think it was on that daily line combinations website but it had each jersey of the team from 2016-17 but it had the jersey of where they played now of course yep. it's only anderson borvietsky and and right winger who will get to bobby ryan left on the team but it was crazy to see that graphic so yeah if somebody has any ideas i know lots of creative people out there on sense twitter land uh we're looking at you lalim's martian by the way check out we we mentioned when we had him on as a sense central citizen but the giveaway today the original 92 93 sends black jersey it's sharp so make sure you give lalim's martian a follow and uh and get in on that contest it's hotly contested hotly contested i think i saw 160 retweets last time i saw so get it in there it's a, a sense moment that makes you laugh so um great thread to read through as well there um all right before we get to the tiered rankings we got to tell you about rock auto pillsy because i know you were having some trouble with your car you know exactly where you went and how easy was it to get through the catalog on rockauto.com look if <laughs> these days unless you live in the city pretty much everybody's got a car. The cars, there's tons of things that can go wrong with them, no matter what goes wrong with their car, or if maybe there's not even anything wrong with the car, you wanna upgrade, Rock Auto's the place to do it, and they've got everything. Like, Ross, just read through some of the stuff that they can provide for our uh, customers here. Yeah, like new carpet, that's easy for them. Motor oil, tail lamps, engine control modules, and when we talk about engines, especially a failure in an engine, well, you're not going to be able to go pick up these new parts, right? So at rockauto.com, not only is their catalog so easy to navigate, they always give you the brands, specifications, and the prices you prefer. You can mix and match, but they deliver. So you don't have to worry about getting there, especially if it's a part of your car that is essential to you being able to use it. So go to rockauto.com right now. Check out their super easy to navigate portal. It's so good. Prices are always reliably low at rockauto.com and they're the same whether you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer. Just go to rockauto.com right now and it's literally so easy to see all the parts available for your car. All we ask is when you get to the checkout, just put locked on in the how did you hear about us box. That way they'll know that we sent you. Look, you get amazing selection you know that. You know you get reliably low prices at rockauto.com. You can get any part your car desires. That's rockauto.com. All right, Pilsy, right wingers. How do you think that stacks up against center, left wing, defense, or goalie, these depth charts that we've already covered in length on the pod? Well, if we're looking at a position of depth and strength, funny enough, I would actually say the Senators are pretty well set on the right side like if you're looking at it right now they can they can put together a full four lines worth of right wingers on their nhl team that have played on the ottawa senators last season so other than missing that prize jewel that 
that uh, that top number one right winger right now that can make an immediate impact on your top line, they've got it covered from the second line, third line, fourth line, and uh, and beyond. So really, I think the right line, the right winger part of the Senators franchise is is pretty well stocked. They just need that prize jewel now, which hopefully they can get in my preference, Lucas Raymond in the draft with that fifth overall pick. Yeah, absolutely. And look, there's no, we're not gonna make lists just to get argument's sake, like uh, some people do on TV. Shout out Stephen A. Smith. But we actually have the exact same uh, tierings. But we do have some some discrepancies within them, and there is a major discrepancy from what you and I have in our list to what people are writing in at Sense Central in the comments when we ask you to tier what you think. So we're going to argue our case for that difference. But first, let's get to your tier the number five slot, and let's name them all, and then we'll break it down. All right. We'll, we'll do this right this time, Ross. So AHL depth, I've got Chris Wilkie, Jonathan Davidson, and Luke Lohite. I think most Sens fans wouldn't have even heard of two of those names. Jonathan Davidson came over in the trade for Matt Duchesne. He's the one who's already worn a Senator's jersey. So if he's already worn an NHL jersey, why don't you think he's going to be able to get and maintain a spot at the NHL level. So Jonathan Davidson, he was kind of uh, he was kind of an extra piece on that Duchesne trade. I think uh, everyone can agree that Abramov was the prize prospect there. Um, but Ross, we were talking off air about this. Davidson was quite underwhelming in Belleville. I mean, there was nights where I wasn't even aware that he was on the roster. Uh, mind you, he did bounce up and down from the NHL and the AHL, so there was that. But even when he was on the ice, he, he didn't really have an impact on the game. And again, that enough can be said that you get buried in that uh, talented, talented Belleville Senators team. But for me, I, I had a little bit more expectations, especially a guy who had some pretty good numbers uh, in Sweden when he was younger. But as a 23-year-old, there's still time here. So I'm not ready to give up on him. However, I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to be playing on the Ottawa Senators in years to come, especially when... Uh, kind of ranked up against all these other forwards that he's going to have to beat out for those roster spots. Six games in what was his first season in North America, played only 18 in Belleville. He suffered a, a tough concussion at the end of his season last year, and I would be shocked if you if he's 100% after that. But you mentioned the, uh, the fact that he was maybe a throw-in. Well, we tweeted out a, a poll at Send Central on June 26th of 2019. Um, that was, I think, the start of development camp because we got the hashtag Sens Dev Camp in there and we got the retweet from Sens Prospects. So this had over a thousand votes on it. And it was who is the more compelling prospect in the Matthew Shane trade. And I think you'll be surprised that it was 55% for a Bramop. So 44% wow. last year. And this is before um, Abramov really exploded. I mean, he was playing his first year of, of pro in, in that where he split with Cleveland and Belleville. But I was really surprised. I just pulled that up with with a search. And um, to say those results would be swayed now, I think would be an understatement. I think you're looking at more 90-10. So is that really just how fast things can change? Because that's, I mean, that's only a year ago. Man, the prospects, the way they develop these days is insane. It's like it's like computers. Like you have a computer and a week later it's old. Like prospects, they're just developing so quickly these days. And you're not trying your best to be at the top of your game. You're going to get washed out in this league. And it's very easy to happen. So 
I think that those numbers really shocked me, Ross. I, I would have thought Abramov would have been a more uh, interesting and intriguing prospect for everyone when that deal happened. But especially now, I think, yeah, definitely 90-10 for Abramov uh, makes a lot of sense. But again, this guy's only 23, so I'm not ready to throw in the towel on him yet. He's going to be surrounded by a lot of talent in Belleville next season. Let's see what he can do. Okay, the other two guys you have in that category, we don't need to spend too much time, but Christopher Wilkie just puts pucks on net. He had so many shots and so many goals this year. Um, after he, So he played two years at North Dakota, uh, where I'm assuming that's where the Sens saw him because they've got about 25 scouts every game there. Uh, he had his transfer year, so he didn't play in 2017-18, so already he's a year older, and this was his... Um, well, because he redshirted a year, be his junior year. So he can go back if he needs to for one more. But he had 23 goals in 34 games. Still unsigned, though. Just acquired in a minor league deal. Whereas Luke Lohite was a seventh rounder in 2018. He's at the University of Minnesota Duluth. Really hasn't put too much, uh, I mean, extend up. Five goals, 33 games. So I think that's fair to say. At least now they've got some work to do to get to the NHL level. Absolutely. And out of the two of these, uh, I would say I'm definitely more excited for Chris Wilkie. Like you said, man, 23 goals in 34 games is pretty impressive at the college level. So I'm interested to see what he could do in the American Hockey League in kind of a uh, bottom six role probably. But he's a guy I would definitely take a look at. And that was a sneaky little trade by the Sens there. I totally missed the fact they traded Jack Rodewald, who was a guy I really thought was great on that Belleville team. So they obviously have some faith in him in Wilkie. And uh, yeah, like you said, low height. I mean, that's, you're looking at a seventh round draft pick there who still has time to develop. Not too much expected of him, but maybe he'll uh, get a chance to shine and uh, play a bit in Belleville. All right. Jace Howerluck makes an appearance as the only member in our next tier. What makes him, um, I guess, a serviceable NHL player? Cause he had a tough time to catch on in Florida after being a second round pick in 2014. Finally was able to, I mean, he only still played 11 games for Ottawa. Um, had one year where he had a 42-game season uh, last year with Florida, split the year, over a point per game in the AHL. I think he's outgrown the AHL. Is that where you're at with him? Definitely, definitely. And look, th- again, a kind of sneaky move by the Sens, picking him up on waiver wires. And why wouldn't you, if you're the Sens, take a shot on this guy? Like you said, second-round pick. He's still pretty young. He puts up decent numbers in the, the AHL. And he seven hits. Points. Yeah, it, and he plays physical. Seven points in 11 games with the Sens. I would love to see him and Nick Paul kind of be a duo together on the fourth line for quite a few years to come because I think with the size and the kind of the – not grinding, but like the physical play they both bring to the game, but they also have some talent. I think they could anchor down that fourth line and be really successful for the Sens. I like him at right wing. I know he played a bit of center as well, but um, Jace Howerlick at right wing, I think going forward, very serviceable on your fourth line. And a guy who at his age already being 24, he'll be 25 by the time next season starts. He is what he is. So if you need to sit him in the press box for, for multiple games, just like Nick Paul at this point, they, they can come in and out of the lineup. You don't feel like you're wasting their development. They kind of are the players that they are and serviceable ones at that, at the NHL level. That's why he and Nick Paul both in the same tier, uh, albeit at different positions. Okay, we got one more in, our, in the next tier as well, and that's Bobby Ryan. If you look at his numbers as a whole this year, it's not pretty. But along with the hat trick where he scored three out of his five goals on the season, 
I mean, he signed for three more years at 7.25, being the highest paid player on the Ottawa Senators. Did you see more than just those three goals after he returned from his um, absence? Well, the thing with Bobby Ryan and uh, Ross, actually, it's two more years uh, okay. on af- after this I didn't season. take off this year. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. So he's coming to the end of his contract here. Um, any, any time when you, you play a short amount of games and in one of those games, you get a hat trick. That's pretty impressive, especially with Bobby Ryan, with what he went through. And, uh, obviously we went through all that, uh, in the Billy Masterson, uh, discussions, but here's the thing with Bobby Ryan. He's always had the talent. I don't think anyone has questioned whether Bobby Ryan has had the talent, but you combine the pressure of a high contract, several, several, several hand injuries and the personal issues he battled with. That's made things really hard for him. And I think at this point, we're going to see a good improvement from Bobby Ryan because when you're struggling mentally, that takes such a toll on everything in your life. I mean, especially your, your work life as a professional athlete. So I think with him seemingly um, being much better and growing in that department, I think we could see a really good Bobby Ryan. And let's not forget two seasons ago, he had 42 points in 78 games. Like, is that worth seven million plus? No, but he's still a good contributor, and he's a guy you don't want him playing top six minutes. But he can bounce up and down the lineup, and he's not gonna he's not gonna hurt you too badly. So I think Bobby Ryan as a top nine guy is good for the Sens, especially with a team with all these young guys coming up. They could use a really good, experienced mentor like Bobby Ryan. Thirteen years into his NHL career, he's played eight hundred and thirty-three games. But my question to you: so he's at five hundred and fifty-five points. Does he reach six hundred career points? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't think he'll get fifty next year. I think it'll be a combination, maybe low twenties uh, each season, and for the next. I'm, I'm assuming he's, he'll play one more year after his contract's over. I'm sure someone will give him a chance at uh, kind of a league minimum uh, salary. So I think he can do it, and I'd like to see him do it. We're, Bobby Ryan has been through the ups and downs with us as a podcast, but we've always appreciated him as a person and hope the best for him. So I would love to see him get to that mark. Lost in the up and downs as well in Bobby Ryan's career in Ottawa. Sure, he's played more games than anyone else on this list, but since his arrival in 2013, the only Senators with more points than Bobby Ryan are Eric Carlson and Mark Stone. So to say that he hasn't produced at all would would not be fair to him. But of course, to say he's produced at the level that his contract has, you can't. Although the easy comeback for that, and we've said it the entire playoff run, what he did in 2017 is worth $48 million that he signed for. And, I mean, I don't think there's any disputing that. If he doesn't play the way he does against Boston in the first round, they, they don't win that series. No chance. He had, what, two of the game-winning goals? I think he scored two of the game-winning goals. Definitely the one in overtime. He definitely opened the scoring in game one. Um, and that kind of set the tone for the whole series where he bullied the, the Bruins defenseman at the front of the net and then stuck with it and beat Tukarask. And to add to that point, Ross, I think if he doesn't have that kind of uh, playoff performance, I think the Sens take a much harder, more serious look at dumping him uh, and taking a loss and trading his contract away, much like they were really close to doing with the Vegas deal with Carlson. And that would have been a damn shame if you had to anchor uh, – Ryan to a Carlson deal or trade him away and uh, end up really getting a loss for that just to get rid of that money. So 
thank goodness Bobby Ryan turned it around and I, I hope he plays out the rest of his contract as an Ottawa Senator. Now we move on to those who will potentially become that. If not, they are already. You and I both have Connor Brown and Anthony Duclair in this category. I think Connor Brown is a step ahead of Duclair, maybe not in speed, but in an overall package. What do you think makes Duclair more likely to, let's say, be a first-line winger more than a top six versus Connor Brown? Awesome. I'm going to flip this around on you. Why don't you argue to me first why you think Connor Brown should be a top six ahead of uh, Anthony Duclair? How about that? Well, I mean, goal scorers like Anthony Duclair, sure, they're always streaky. I think Duclair took that to a bit of a whole other level when he went 20-plus games this season without a goal. Not to say Connor Brown didn't have his goal-scoring slumps. He was clearly on a goal-scoring surge towards the end before the NHL paused and ultimately canceled Ottawa's season. But with me... The reason that Connor Brown goes to that next level is the, the overall defensive game where you know that he can be relied on in all situations. And he's going to be the first guy over the boards for DJ Smith in high pressure, high leverage situations. So I think in terms of looking at the coach, especially one that's got so much familiarity and trust in Connor Brown, I think it's one of those situations where maybe more fans would say Anthony Duclair because he'll bring you out of your seat more. But I think if you asked every coach in the NHL, they would have Connor Brown ranked higher than Anthony Duclair. Yeah, I like that answer, especially from a coach's uh, viewpoint. And hey, I'm a big Connor Brown fan, so I'm not about to uh, rebuttal you too much here. But I will, I'm will. i going to go the opposite way with you with my argument with Duclair. And the reason I think he can break above a top six level is the offense. And I think he's a guy... Stop me when you uh, figure out the comparison, but he's a guy with a lethal shot, smooth hands, fast skating, and you shouldn't try to anchor him down playing defense. I'm talking about Mike Hoffman. This is a guy who's similar to Hoffman. If you just let him play his offensive game, focus on those strengths that he has, and really tell him, like, you're our guy. Like, right now, Duclair is the best scoring threat on the Senators roster. Is he the most consistent? No. But he is, if you need a quick goal, Sending Duclair down the wing and seeing what he can do with that puck is as good as bet as any on this center's roster. So I think if he kind of gets all the reins let go and he can just fully do what he needs to do to score goals, and you know what? He's going to make mistakes. He's, he's going to get some minuses after some trying to cheat on some plays offensively. But I think it's going to up his numbers, up his chances, and that's what can make him a uh, top-line guy if – he can do that. Now, do I think he can put it all together and be a two-way player? No, I don't think that's a successful route for Anthony Declare. So it's kind of the yin and the yang with uh, Connor Brown's defensiveness and uh, Anthony Declare's offensiveness. One thing we can agree on is that they're both restricted free agents. They both need new contracts. So we'll see how Pierre Dorian values each of them in the near to mid-range future. The good news as well is that if those two are battling out for one top six spot, that's because the man who makes his appearance in the number one tier in both of our rankings, but not the consensus is Drake Batherson. So we're kind of arguing against the listener right now. How stop your car right now. Pull over. Why, why do you not think Drake Batherson's elite? What at any level since he's been drafted in the fourth round does not scream elite out of the skill set of Drake Batherson. Is it two cups of coffee on the worst team in the national hockey league? as a first-year pro, as a second-year pro? No, his trajectory shows that when he's 24, 25 years old and beyond, I think this guy 
with the hockey IQ that he has, the more comfortable he gets in the National Hockey League, Pilsy, he's just going to get better and better and better. Well, that was a rhetorical uh, question to the listener who was driving his car down uh, the 401 and had to swerve over. Because no, he can't Queen believe. Elizabeth Drive down by the canal. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Um, because he can't believe you, uh, you and I have Batherson as an elite guy eventually. And if anyone is a Batherson stand-up podcast, it's us. Go back, listen to the uh, Making Sense of the Sens by Sens Central episode. We interviewed him years ago. We interviewed his agent. I mean, we got deep into the Batherson uh, train and we, we were fully on that one. And here's what I'd like to say to people who don't think Batherson has what it takes to be that top guy. First, he's, he's easily the best offensive prospect in the Senator system right now. I mean, Josh Norris is nipping on his heels, but Batherson's been there, how, done how many of How many of Norris's goals, though, were assisted by Drake? So many. So many. And that's the thing. Batherson, he elevates the players around him. And it's clear. I don't think if we ever see Batherson in a Belleville Senators oh, jersey shit. ever again, there's been a mistake. That's for sure. Um, 116 points in 103 games. We called this guy up to the NHL. He scored his first goal in his first shot. Like, he is here to play. He's so smooth uh, with the puck. He's so confident. You talked about his hockey IQ. He can deke through defenders, making them look silly. He can get that cross-ice pass through defender sticks and skates. And he has an unreal shot to go on top of that. And the best part about Drake Batherson, this guy was born to be a senator. Like, just look at the family tree here. His dad played junior in Belleville. Uh, his dad played for the PEI Senators. And of course, his uncle played for the Sens too. So like, it's just a match made in heaven that he was able to fall all the way to the Sens in the fourth round. I think just with what we've seen from Batherson on a day-to-day basis and that development, I mean, I don't see, it. I don't see how you can think he's just going to top out at a top six. And the biggest thing about Batherson is his work ethic. Talk to his coach in Belleville about what Batherson did and why they had to call him up to the NHL, and you'll get an idea. Um, we recently saw a video, not to not to get all uh, crazy over Instagram uh, power skating videos, but he looked good on the ice there, spinning, pivoting. He's strong in his skates. I just the sky's the limit for Drake Batherson if he gets the proper talent, development, and coaching around him. Oh, man, we just can't wait to see what next year brings. 20 games in his first year pro that he got at the National Hockey League level. Nine points, three goals. Then he had three goals again last year in 23 games. So you can more than put it in pen. We're announcing here on the Locked On Senators podcast that Drake Batherson will at least triple that game's played output. As long as there's an 82-game season next year, there is no chance that he goes to Belleville. But there is a 100% chance that we're about to have a big week here on the Locked On Senators podcast. We've got an interview that we don't name interviews until they drop, just in case something goes wrong. But we should have that for you Monday and Wednesday, and then Tuesday and Thursday coming up next week. We'll do our previews east on Tuesday, west on Thursday, and then we're going to dive deep into the Sens Abroad on Saturday, which will mean it is within 24 hours of meaningful NHL hockey, Pillsy. That made me so happy to say we're almost there. You know what? I'm I'm speechless. It's like that first puck drop is just going to be beautiful. I can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs>
Speechless is a great way to end a podcast, Billsy. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.